Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. Welcome to episode 20 of Simpler Bible. Today we are going to be in Genesis 42 through 44. Where we left off yesterday, Joseph has now risen to power in Egypt and he is in charge of making sure that they have enough food to survive the famine. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. And so one of the things that we need to note is that where this story picks up, we're already two years into the famine. So they've had their seven years of plenty, and now we are two years into the famine. So make a note of that when you're reading here in Genesis 42. Pick up with me here, and it says this in verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, remember Jacob is Israel. That's his new name. He was renamed. We saw that twice. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. They're going to leave Benjamin out. It says right here, Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Now, I need you to know and understand something really quickly here is... Every children's book I've ever seen, every, uh, every teaching on this that I've ever seen, Benjamin is still a, a little boy. Uh, Benjamin is not a little boy at this point. Remember, it's been at least 22 years since, since uh, Joseph left. It's been, well, he didn't leave, did he? He was sold into slavery. So it's been 22 years since minimum since Joseph was sold into slavery. And Benjamin is only about six years younger than his brother. And so at this point, Benjamin's an adult man. We will find here in a couple of months or a couple of pages, we will find that, that Benjamin is already married and already has sons. So Benjamin is not a little boy like maybe you've pictured him and maybe it was only me that pictured him that way. But Joseph and Benjamin are full-blood brothers from their mother, Rachel, and that's why jo Jacob didn't want to send Benjamin because he didn't want to lose that son as well because remember, he believes that Joseph is dead. So verse 4, Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and he was the one who sold all the people of the land, and Joseph's brothers... Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. Now, this, this is interesting. You remember in the dream that Joseph had, he told his brothers, we've talked about this a couple of days ago, he said, I had a dream that you guys came and bowed down to me. And he talked about 12 sheafs of wheat, and his sheaf of wheat stood up straight, or his sheaf of grain stood up straight, and the 11 brothers bowed down to him. And they said, will we really bow down to you? This is part of the reason they wanted to kill him, because they said, He's this arrogant guy that thinks we're going to bow down to him. And look, here, here they are bowing down to Joseph. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. He said, where do you come from? And he said, they said, he said, and they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. Now, Joseph, verse 8 here, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed. And he said to them, you are spies and you have come to see the nakedness of the land. It doesn't say this yet. It would be helpful if it already said this, but Joseph isn't actually speaking directly to his brothers. He's not speaking to them in the Hebrew dialect. He is speaking to them through an interpreter. So these statements that he's making to his brother are passing through an interpreter first. Joseph is, at this point, keeping himself hidden from his brothers. They are not understanding who he is at this point. And uh, so he says to them at the end of verse 9, he said to them, you are spies and you have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said, no, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. We're all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. He says, no, it's to see the nakedness of the land that you have come. And they said, we are your servants. We are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. Behold, the youngest 
is this day with our father <clears throat> and one is no more. So they're implying uh, Joseph's death. But Joseph said to them, it is as you said, you are spies, but by this you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother while the rest of you remain confined that your words may be tested whether this is truth or not. And so he put all of them together in custody for three days. So here's what's going to happen. He throws all of his brothers in jail for three days. Um, this, this is a little bit of revenge. This is a little bit petty, right? But he throws them all in jail for three days. And what he's going to do is he's going to end up letting them out. He's going to leave one brother in jail. He says, I'm going to leave Simeon in jail. The rest of you go home and bring your youngest brother to me. And then I'll know you're not spies. And then I'll let your brother Simeon go. And so when he tells them this, they're very distraught. And you'll see here in verse 21, it says, they said to one another, in truth, we are guilty. Remember, they don't think he can understand them. He's speaking to them through an interpreter. Then they said to one another, in truth, we were guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. That is why this distress is coming upon us. So they are all still feeling very guilty about what they did to Joseph at least 22 years earlier. And they're like, this is why distress is coming upon us now because we were cruel to Joseph and we didn't listen to him. Verse 22, Reuben said, and I love this. This is kind of like, I told you so. Reuben said, did I not tell you to not sin against the boy, but you didn't listen. So now comes the reckoning for his blood. You might remember that when Joseph is walking up to his brothers back in chapter 37, uh, the brothers are all like, let's kill him. And Reuben's like, no, 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 we can't kill him. And Reuben made sure that his life was spared. So Reuben's like, I told you guys that this was what was going to happen. And then verse 23, as I told you already, they did not know that Joseph understood them for there was an interpreter between them. Wouldn't it have been really helpful if that sentence was at the beginning of this dialogue? Because when we're reading it, we just assume that Joseph and his brothers are exchanging conversation and that they're sitting here talking in front of him. You're like, how are they saying this right in front of him without him understanding? You know, so they, he's been speaking to them through an interpreter the whole time. They don't believe that he knows what's going on. So verse 24, he turned away from them and wept. He'll do this a couple of times in today's reading. Uh, he's, he's kind of heavy hearted about like, you know, look, his brothers are feeling bad about what they did to him. Maybe he should feel bad about what he's doing to them right now. And he returned and spoke to them and he took Simeon from them and bound them before his eyes. So he orders, they came for grain. He has their sacks filled up with grain. They return back to, uh, back to the land of Canaan to their father with the sacks of grain, but minus one son now. And when they get to the first place where they're going to stop for the night, they open up all their sacks and all their money for their food is put back in their sacks. Joseph didn't take any of their payment for their money, for their for the food, because he wanted to take care of his family, take care of his, his brothers. So they go back. We're going to skip on down a little bit and look at verse or chapter 43 here, verse 1. Now the famine was very severe in the land. And when they had eaten the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little more food. At this point, by the way, Jacob is, is distraught because he believes Joseph to be dead. He believes Simeon now to be dead as a prisoner in Egypt. And so Judah says to him in verse three here, the man solemnly warned us saying, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Remember, he has to, they have to bring back Benjamin. Why? Joseph wants to see his, his brother. And so Jacob's like, why did you tell him you had another brother? And they're like, man, he asked a lot of questions. We just answered his questions, dad. And they're like, we could have gone and returned twice by now if you would have just let us go and do this. So he says, fine, take Benjamin. If I'm bereaved of my son, Benjamin, uh, so be it. And so they take Benjamin back. And now let's pick up here. And they're coming back in verse 24. They have now come back into the presence of Joseph. They've already talked to his servant. 
They said, look, our money was in our sack. We brought double money this time. We thought maybe there was a mistake. The servant said, no, we got your money. You're good. So pick up with me in, in verse 24. When Joseph, when they brought the man into the Joseph's house and he'd given them water, they washed their feet. And when he had given their donkeys food, they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they would eat with him. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present that they had with him and bowed down to the ground to him. There that is again, now twice, they're bowing down to him. He asked about their welfare, asked about their father. And he said, is this your brother? And he is so struck by seeing his brother, Benjamin, whom he hasn't seen in about 22 years. You see here in verse 30, Joseph hurried out for his compassion grew warm for his brother and he sought a place to weep. Now he comes back in, he's going to fix dinner for them and he sets them at the table in order of their birth from oldest to youngest. And that kind of surprises them all. And he gives them all a portion of food, but he gives Benjamin five portions of food. And so they can't believe, they think that he is able to like divine things to understand mysteries. So he sends them away the next day with the food, but he asks his servant to put a silver cup in the, in the sack of the mouth of the youngest. So put this silver cup on top of the grain in Benjamin's sack. And he lets them leave town. And then he says to his servant, chase after them and say, how dare you steal my cup? This was all a charade. This was all, it, it, it's Joseph still being a little bit petty if we're being completely honest. And so, so the brothers are allowed to leave. Benjamin has the silver cup in the top of his sack, doesn't know that. The servant catches up with them a little ways outside of town and says, hey, why would you steal from my master? And they're like, no, we didn't steal anything. We even brought our money back. Remember when we thought you guys didn't get our money the first time? We're honest men. If anybody stole something from the master, he should be the Lord's servant forever. We'll all be his servants. And he's like, no, look, only the one who's guilty will be my servant. So they go through all the sacks and sure enough, they find the silver cup in Benjamin's sack and they're distraught. And so look at verse 13 of chapter 44. They tore their clothes and every man loaded his donkey and they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there. They fell down before him to the ground. And Joseph said, what deed is this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can practice divination? And Judah said, what shall we say, my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servant. Behold, we are my Lord's servant, both we and the one in whose hand the cup has been found. But he said, far be it from me that I should do so. Only the man in whose hand the cup was found shall be my servant. But the rest of you can go to your father. Judah went up to him and said, My Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ears and let not your anger burn against your servant for you are like Pharaoh himself. And so he, he says, you asked us these questions. You asked us if we had a father. You asked us if we had any other brothers. We told you all of that. And we told you that the boy cannot leave his father for if he should leave his father, the father would die. You said, look, unless you come back with your youngest brother, I'm not going to give you any more food. And so they said, we told all this to dad. We told, we told dad that we couldn't go back without Benjamin. Ben, he would be distraught if we came back without Benjamin. If we go back home and he sees that Benjamin is not with us, your father, our father will die. And so he says in verse 32, your servant, this is Judah speaking, your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father saying, if I do not bring him back to you, then I will bear the blame before my father all my life. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord and let the boy go back with his brothers. For how could I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. All right. 
Joseph has these dreams, right? Tells his brothers that you're going to come and bow down to me. And in fact, they do. You might remember that in the second dream, Joseph said, when you come back, in the second dream, he said, the 11 stars bow down to one star and the sun and the moon. So there's also a father and mother bowing down. That part hasn't happened yet, but it's about to because Joseph is about to reveal himself to his brothers. We'll see that tomorrow. But today what has happened is kind of a little bit of of, uh, torture for the brothers, if you will. Like, Joseph is putting them in an awkward spot where they are kind of going, man, we saw the distress of our brother Joseph. We saw how how wickedly we treated him. And now all of this is coming down on our own head. But Joseph's dreams are being fulfilled. And what we're going to see in the next chapter is that what Joseph recognizes and what we call today is, is that Joseph is protecting or taking care of his family. It, it doesn't look like it yet, but that's what's happening. Because without Joseph being in this spot to be able to provide the food for his family, the nation of Israel is is dead. But also remember, and we'll keep coming back to this, you'll see this a lot in the next few days, but remember also back in Genesis 15 that when God was reminding Abraham of his covenant and Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteous, remember then that God said in about verse 14, he said, you're going to go into this other land and you're going to live there. Your people are going to live there for 400 years and then I will bring them out and I'll make them into a great nation. And so, So God has set up all of this, has orchestrated all of this, has given Joseph dreams, has given Joseph the ability to interpret dreams, which has now put him in the position that he's in. And now he has been able to supply food for his brothers and for their households twice. And he is now about to reveal himself to his brothers and say, hey guys, it's me, it's Joseph, but we will see that tomorrow. And so not a lot of theology in this today, kind of a lot of narrative that points to the the redemptive work of God. There is some secret stuff in here that we'll be we'll unpack more tomorrow and in the coming days as we get into the life of Moses. But super cool stuff here, and I will see you tomorrow for day 21. Thank you so much for journeying with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.